like to remind us, amen. This is not the devil's day. This is not the devil's hour. Amen. He'll have his day one day after the rapture. Amen. This is the day of the church. This is the day, amen, and the hour of the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. God's pouring out his spirit, and we've got the victory. Amen. I love that scripture. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Let's look at your neighbor and say, I've got faith in Jesus. Everything's going to be all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. Announcements. Amen. Don't forget, uh, from now on, we'll have one Powered Pack service on Sundays at 1.30. Somebody say 1.30. Praise the Lord. Come early for prayer. Amen. Get your praise and worship on. Praise the Lord. But 1.30, amen, we'll have our service. It'll be powerful. Bring a visitor. Also, a reminder, there's some new signage, amen, that's coming to the church. Uh, that's been ordered, amen, and some new church cards on the way. Exciting, praise the Lord, amen. How many are excited about revival? Yes. Praise the Lord. Also Saturday, the Deathridge family, God bless them. They've invited the whole church, amen. I think it's filet mignon and some caviar or something. Amen. <laughs> some baby food, all right. <laughs> Carson's first birthday, please RSVP with them ASAP. Uh, future announcements, there'll be one, or excuse me, no midweek service this Wednesday because we're having Engage Youth Conference. Pastor Hood wants everybody to be there. If you're going to be there, wave your hand. Amen. Don't forget, that's next week, Thursday and Friday. Amen. June the 6th and the 7th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, we have uh, Reverend Stephen Collins from Birmingham, Alabama. Also Friday night, Reverend Douglas Walker from Yucaipa, California. Amen. They're going to be preaching, and it's at the Carson Community Center. You do not want to miss this. Amen. I remember last year we had so many visitors from other churches, not just uh, Pentecostal apostolic. There were a whole lot of non-denominational folks that were just wanting to see what's going on. Amen. So we want them to have fullness of truth. We want them to have an opportunity to see what an apostolic Pentecostal worship service is all about. Amen. It's exciting. Also, VBS. Somebody say VBS. Vacation Bible School. Uh, it's coming up June the 24th and 28th. We have flyers on the way. Amen. See the Rodriguez's if you want to sign up for that. Amen. It's always a blessing. Let's stand for prayer requests. Amen. Sister Rebecca's step-grandmother, we're continuing to pray for them. Also, Brother Rodriguez, uh, he's recovering from a root canal. I got this prayer request from Maggie. This is you, Maggie? All right. Uh, she's asking to pray for all the flood tornado victims across the U.S. And this is very, very real. If you've been reading the news, you know some of the things that people have been suffering. Let's pray, church, in the name of Jesus. God, we know that you hear, that you answer prayer. God, we know that you are looking down from heaven, God, and that you hear us. God, we're asking you, Lord Jesus, move upon Rebecca's step-grandmother. Bring that healing, God. Continue to touch her, God. Bring salvation. God, we lift up the Rodriguez family before your throne. Touch them, Lord. Bring a speedy recovery, God. Bring the healing today. God, we lift up the United States of America. God, you know those that have been 
tormented, Lord, those that have been afflicted by this tornado, God, by the floods. God, we lift them up before your throne. Touch them. God, bring the blessing, bring the healing, bring salvation in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you're going to give in the offering, say, somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. God bless the offering. Continue to worship. Joy that cannot be surpassed. 
If you're glad about the change Jesus made, why don't you worship him? Somebody magnify him. I'm thankful for the change. Thankful and grateful. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, take about 30 seconds more and just worship him. You made the difference. You were the only thing that could work in my life. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Lift up your hands all across the building. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about you, but I still haven't lost my joy of living for God. It gets sweeter and it gets better every single day of my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse number 1. Hallelujah. And as we're turning there, there's a few more prayer requests that we want to make. I got a text from Brother Ben Cote, who's, uh, who's, who's not feeling well, and he's praying to be here on Sunday. And then also we need to pray for Brother Lawrence's wife as she's recovering uh, we want to lift them up in prayer. Let's do that right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We know that you're a healer. We know that you're a deliverer, God. We pray right now that you touch Brother Ben. He's listening online, God, that you would touch him right now. Let him know there's a church that's praying for him, that loves him, God. We pray for Brother Lawrence's wife, God, that you would help her as she is recovering from surgery, God, that you would bring about a full recovery, God, that we can give you all the praise all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he that sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, 
I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Hold on to your healers. Hold on to your healers. Would you set your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across the building. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it all across the building. I feel the Holy Ghost already moving in this house. We give you praise and honor, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you and you may be seated. Hey, if you leave that up there, I'll be anointed. I'll be Brother Thomas. So you might, you might have some good preaching here tonight. Hold on to your healers. This is one of the most famous stories in the New Testament. One of the main reasons behind it is this is the real first interaction that we see after the day of Pentecost. This is the premier miracle outside of people receiving the Holy Ghost. It was a miracle that people received the Holy Ghost. I think we've often uh, just chalked it up to religion, to psychobabble, whatever you want to put there. But I want to tell you, every person that received the Holy Ghost, you got a miracle. Hallelujah. Maybe it wasn't much of a miracle for you, but for the rest of us, it was quite a miracle that we spoke in a language we did not previously know. It was a miracle that somebody who was lost and undone and in sin would be filled with the power of a Holy Ghost. That an unholy, unrighteous, maybe y'all were righteous and holy, but for the rest of us, an unrighteous, unholy people that at one time were not a people have now become the people of God. I want to tell you, it's a miracle that you got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let me preach for a moment to the individual that would say, I deserve it because of how I, the family I was born into, or I deserve it based on uh, the fact that I'm smarter than everybody else. It was a miracle for the preacher's kid to get the Holy Ghost uh, just as much as it was uh, for the sinner kid to get the Holy I'm telling you, it's a miracle from God that we got the Holy Ghost. The fact that he would look upon people like you and I, those of us that really didn't have a whole lot together. I want you to realize, unless you got Jewish blood running through your veins, Jesus would look at you as a Syrophoenician woman and call you a dog. That is the likes of you and I, even out of the mouth of Jesus. And yet he said, I will pour out my spirit upon just the good people just the rich people just the smart people he said i will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh your sons your daughters everybody's gonna be filled oh somebody praise him and worship him if you're thankful that you got the holy ghost if you're grateful that you got the holy ghost hallelujah and after this the bible says that in Acts chapter 3, we find the story of a lame man. The Bible says that there was a lame man that was carried daily to the gate of the temple. Let me just stop right here for a moment and tell you that not all friends that carry you are friends that will heal you. 
Not all people that will get you to the edge will heal you. Not everybody that will lead you just to the outside of the temple have the ability to heal you. And you got to know the difference between those that will carry you halfway and those that will take you all the way in. Because they'll trick you. They'll make you think we're getting you almost there. But people that will almost get you saved, people that will almost get you on your way to heaven, people that will almost see you blessed, I don't want anybody that will almost see me fulfill the will of God. I want people in my corner that will say, let's go all the way. Let's go all the way. Because there's people like that. As long as you need a, a carrying, they'll be there. As long as you need some help up, they'll be there. You need to move again because you lost your housing. They'll be there. But the minute God really wants to bless you and use you, that's when they're out. you got to be careful of those kind of people. Those kind of people are flaky, and at the end of the day, they do not have your best interests at heart. But they carried him daily. And I've got to say, there's not all negatives. We've heard the, we've heard the positive forever. I've got to throw an extra coin out there. For the people that are willing to take out somebody and pick them up and carry them. I think that's important. We know the positive to that. That's, that's right. But, but at the same time, there's people that have an investment there. They know if we carry them there, he'll bring back some money. If we can carry them there, they'll always need our assistance and we'll always get a kickback. And people that get a kickback and somebody that gets a, a blessing from your brokenness isn't really your friend. You need somebody that's going to tell you there's greatness in you. You need somebody that's going to tell you there's more. You don't need somebody to let you stay in your dysfunction. You don't need an individual to let you die in your dysfunction. You need somebody that says, come on, let's get you all the way into the temple. Let's see you healed. He was there every day. He lived his life halfway. Almost in the temple. Almost healed. Almost saved. Almost in church. Almost delivered. There's a lot of people that live their life that way. But then the Bible says, along comes Peter and John. I got to talk about this for just a moment. Along comes Peter and John. You got to recognize what Peter really is in the Bible. He looked at Peter, Jesus speaking to him, and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. But my Father which is in heaven, and I say unto you that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, what rock? The rock of revelation. The revelation that didn't come from flesh and blood. The revelation. I want to tell you, it's a miracle we got revelation. <laughs> Let me help somebody. Just like it was a miracle we got the Holy Ghost, it's a miracle we got revelation, folks. I don't want to ever look at revelation as if it's just no big deal. I want you to know that not everybody got the revelation. Not everybody gets a revelation. But God gives those gifts unto people that are looking for the revelation. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and thank him for revelation. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Thank Thank you, Lord. Peter, you got a revelation. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. What church? The church is built on revelation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so Peter is the one that often is the one the first to speak up. He's the one that's got the revelation. He's got the keys to the kingdom of God. Whatever he looses on earth is going to be loose in heaven. Whatever he binds on earth will be bound in heaven Peter is the one that will not just stop 
halfway when he sees and he hears that the tomb is empty, but it is Peter that, unlike John, he wasn't just going to the entrance, but the Bible says Peter went all the way in because Peter had an insatiable desire to know more. Peter wanted to know what did an empty tomb look like. Peter wanted to know what is it like when somebody is dead and yet they get back up. I want to know the details. It was Peter that recognized the napkins been folded. It was Peter that got in there and realized the grave clothes had been folded. And you can't hold Jesus down. And you can't hold Jesus in the grave. It was a revelation. And here comes revelation. You see, it was John. John, the Bible says, all the way through his gospel, he always refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Because it was John that recognized there is no greater thing in all the world than to have a relationship with God. I don't care if people know me based on my accolades. I don't care if people know me based on the amount of books that I write in this Bible. All I want people to know about me, I don't care if I got my name in lights. I don't care if there's a whole big banner. I don't care if I've got the stage. It doesn't matter to me. All I care about is people knowing that I've got a relationship with Jesus. All I care, can I preach to somebody about revelation and relationship? you got to have them both. Oh, let me help somebody. You got to have a revelation of God, but honey, you got to have a relationship with God. Oh, somebody worship him. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to get back and to bring Peter and John together to church. We got to bring revelation and relationship to the house of God. It ain't time to just shout on a good song. No, honey, it's time to pray when nobody's watching because I want to know God. Oh, somebody praise him. Oh, somebody worship him. We got too many people in the church, in the church as a whole, let me put it that way, that they want to shout and dance about their revelation. Mm. But nothing's grown forth from their revelation. And we've got other people that want to pray all day long and yet don't want to tell anybody about what God's been telling them. They want to just sit alone with God and live like an Amish apostolic. But I've come to let you know it's time for the church. If we want to see miracle signs and wonders, we got to take our revelation and our relationship and bring it. Come on, don't come to church empty-handed. Bring your revelation. I know why I worship. I know why I shout. I know what we preach. But bring your revelation in your relationship that says, I know him. I know him. Oh, somebody worship him. Come on, lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Oh, Jesus. I feel him right now. Come on, I'm telling you. This is where some folks have dropped it. You dropped your relationship and it's affecting areas of your life. You've dropped your revelation of what is right and it is affecting areas of your life. But I've come to tell you, it's here in the house of God. You can pick them both up. Peter wanted to, wanted to know everything he could know. They even crucified him upside down just like Jesus. But John just wanted to know Jesus. And both are not complete without the other. Both of them. It was John who was boiled with oil and then outcast on the island of Patmos. 
You might remember that Paul was the one that said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. I know a lot of people like to know God when everything's going well. Uh, there's a level of knowing God. You'll know God when there's resurrection power. But it was also Paul that said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship that is the unity, the combined effort of his sufferings. There's got to be some people that they say, I don't care if I'm on an island by myself, no one else is around, and they just got done boiling me in oil. I've got to know him. And I will be in the spirit on the Lord's day. I know I've been through it. I know I've suffered, but I'll still be praying. Anybody got some tenacity left in their spirit that says, I will still be preaching the gospel. I will still be praying people through the Holy Ghost. I will will know him. Lift up your voice and worship the Lord. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Peter and John went up to the temple together. You need to have unity. Yeah, we got to have unity. Unity for nothing other than the sake of unity. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I'm tired of the Mormons being more unified than the apostolic church. It's time... The Baptists and the Charismatics uh, getting along just fine. Uh, We've got to have unity uh, and say we might have disagreements. Uh, You may not like me. Uh, They came from two different generations. Uh, Peter was older than John, and yet they went together to church, uh, and they held each other's hand and said we're going together. Oh, somebody clap your hands and worship the Lord. They came to the temple at the hour of prayer. Can I just tell the church, we got to get back to consistent prayer meetings. Let me say that again. We need to get back to consistent prayer meetings. Well, we don't see anything happening. When's the last time you prayed? help somebody. Well, we just don't know about this, that, and the other. When's the last time you hit your knees and prayed and prayed and prayed for miracles, signs, and wonders and said, God, whatever I got to do, I want to see it. We got to get back to praying. A church that doesn't pray is a church that doesn't live very long. If we don't pray, we will not live. If we do not pray, we will not have anybody pray through. <laughs> if, if the church, if my people, which are called by mine, well, we're going to wait for somebody to come pray through. We're going to wait for a sinner to come and get their life right. No, that's not how it works, honey. The church has got to pray first. There's got to be a time. There's got to be an hour. There's got to be a moment where you set aside in your day while everybody else is doing whatever they want to do and you lock away with God and say, right now it's about prayer time. Miracles happen at prayer time. Deliverance happens at prayer time. Great things happen at prayer. I wish I had somebody that knows what prayer time can do. Oh, clap your hands and worship the Lord. Come on, let's worship him. Let's worship him. Come on, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. 
God, I want to see miracles in my life. Well, you're going to have to hit your knees and pray. You're going to have to find the time. You're going to have to find a place. You're going to have to get a hold of God. You're going to have to push away the plate. You're going to have to push aside your ideas and say, I want God more than anything. Oh, let's pray. I feel Jesus helping us. Oh, I feel Jesus helping us. We've been teaching revelation since day one. But now it's time for revelation and a relationship to get together and to come together. That's where miracles happen. That's where miracles happen. We know what, but do we know who now? I got to know him. I got to know him. I got to talk with him. looked at the man and he said this look on us I don't got time to preach everything and he looked on them expecting to receive something we'll leave that for Sunday and sinners because and, it's the church that should be giving it's the church that should be giving not waiting on the world to do it hallelujah but it was there that he looked at him and said this phrase silver and gold I don't have any of that and there's a lot of people who focus on what they do not have but brother, we got to be the kind of people that say, you know what, but what I do have, I give unto you. But there's a prerequisite to saying something like that. we got to have it. <laughs> I say we got to have it. I can't give to you something I don't have. And if I don't have the power, if I don't have the ability, if I haven't been praying, if I haven't got a hold of God, I can't tell you such as I have. I'm telling you, it's a sad day. And we got to be real careful that the church never gets to this place, that somebody walks in and say, I hope somebody else could help you because we can't. I've come to tell you, this world's coming into the apostolic church, and we need to continue to say, such as we do have. We got the power. We got the relationship. We got the revelation. The name of Jesus does heal you. The name of Jesus does deliver you. But guess what? We also talk with Jesus. We know Jesus. He ain't somebody that died 2,000 years ago. He's alive and well. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. I'm telling you, the church has got it. The church has got it. The church has got it. Now let everybody know. The church has got it. Tell everybody, such as we have, such as we have, we're going to give it to you. Oh, somebody worship him. Oh, somebody lift up your voice and magnify God. Oh, Jesus. Such as we have. If nothing's happening, we got to go back and find the axe head we lost. Mm -hmm. If things aren't happening, and wait on somebody else, you go find the power. <laughs> These signs shall follow them that believe in his name. It's time for the church to be empowered. It's time for individuals to be empowered. Go get that power. Hallelujah. That power comes through revelation and relationship with God. They grabbed him by the hand and they lifted him up. They didn't just carry him to the gate. They didn't just give him a hand out. They gave him a hand up. And there's a whole big difference between giving somebody a handout and giving somebody a hand up. The church is not in the handout business. The church is in the hand up business. 
Hallelujah. Don't let the religious world fool you and say that's what the church ought to be. I'm telling you, we'll do our best in every area that we can. But, honey, everything we do is not to keep you addicted to a system where we got to carry you and carry you and carry you. No, when we lay hands on you and lift you up, honey, all of a sudden your ankle bones, the stability, the structure, everything starts coming into place. And you can set your feet on solid ground and you can stand on your own too. You can I'm telling you, there's some people came to the house of God and their ankles weren't right. But somebody grabbed you by the hand and yanked you up and all of a sudden you could stand and all of a sudden you could be a husband and all of a sudden you could be a wife and all of a sudden you have the ability to get a job and all of a sudden because somebody reached out in the name of Jesus and lifted you up. Somebody praise the Lord. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody lift up your voice. I'm just about done preaching. But does anybody remember? I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the ability. I was feeble. I was weak. But somebody reached their hand out. And somebody picked me up. And somebody pulled me out. And somebody got me standing on my own two feet again. Hey, the Bible says he leaped up. He didn't just crawl his way. When God touches you, you can leap up. When God touches you, you can trust that when your feet hit that ground, your ankles will be strengthened and you'll be able to hold yourself. Let me just say this for somebody. You've got to trust in God's ability to stabilize you. I'll say it again. You need to trust in God's ability to stabilize you. Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, God's in the stabilizing business. God doesn't want a bunch of kooky people that just do it. No, God's saying, I will stabilize you. I will, no, I want to make you go all the way into the temple. And everybody in the Old Testament that was able to go in the temple, they couldn't have a broken foot, a broken hand, a crook back. They had to have that. And God says, I'll stabilize you. I'll heal you. Why? Because I want to make a worshiper out of you. I want to... I'm not looking for you to just limp your way. No, I didn't come to halfway heal you. I didn't carry you halfway to the temple. No, I came to stabilize you. God is a stabilizing God. He brings sanity. He closed the wild man of Gadara. He gets the wild man of Gadara in his right mind. Oh, I'm telling you, I've been feeling people. I'm telling you, I've been feeling spirits of depression. I'm in all in the last six months in this area. I've come to let you know Jesus can stabilize you. I'll say that again. Jesus can stabilize you. I didn't say antidepressants would stabilize you. It might work for a moment, but I've come to let you know Jesus can stabilize you for the rest of your life. He said... He leaped, and then he stood up. See, because there's a progression of deliverance. And then he praised God. I love this. He went into the temple leaping and jumping and praising God. The moment he had the stability, the moment he had the strength, I want to tell somebody what you do with your strength matters.
What you do with your strength really does matter. How you wield your power really does matter. How you wield your strength really does matter. And this man made it up in his mind. I'm going to be a worshiper of God. I'm going to be a praiser of God. I'm going to lift him up because he lifted me up. And as he leaps and he jumps and he praises God and he goes into the church. All of a sudden, everybody's noticing how great things God has done for him. And I'm sure there's a moment there where he's thinking, yeah, this is great. And all he's doing is working out his legs and thinking how powerful, amen, what God has done. And and he's in the temple. But here's where some people miss it. He's looking for Peter and John. Because he recognized something. There was somebody involved in my miracle. There was something involved in my miracle. There was somebody there that would not give up on me when I was broken. There was somebody there that would not stop praying for me. There was somebody there that they grasped their hand on me and would not let go. And when I wanted to go back down on my bed, they pulled me up out of my bed. He looked to himself, and the Bible says he grabbed on, and he held on to Peter and John, and he brought them together in the temple. I want to tell you, it's got to be somebody that recognizes what good things the Lord's done for them, but doesn't forget the good things people have done for them. We've got to remember God's greatness and God's goodness, but don't ever forget people's goodness. Don't ever forget your brother or your sister that prayed for you, that loved you, that wept over you. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. In fact, let's stand all across the building. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. And he held Peter and John. And he held Peter and John. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, John. Thank you, Revelation. Thank you, relationship. Thank you, prayer meeting. Thank you, worship service. Thank you, church. Thank you, preacher. Thank you, saint of God. Thank you, elder. Thank you for holding me up when I wanted to go down. Oh, let's pray all across the building. Oh, Jesus. Too many people. Too many people let go of what healed them in their brokenness. Because now they feel strong enough by themselves. I don't know about you. But if the church ever healed you, hold on to it. I don't know about you. But if a preacher ever healed you, hold on to that word. If worship ever set you free, Saul, it ain't time to start throwing spears. I've come to let you know if that ship kept you afloat in the worst storm of your life, some unbroken boards of the ship, you hold on to that thing. If the church was there when no one was, you hold on to the church. If a sister was there, you hold on. If a brother was there, you hold on. Don't let go of Peter and John. Let's pray. I'm done preaching.
I know you're stabilized. I know you got strength. I know maybe there's money in the bank now and things are a little better. But can you look back 20 years, 15 years, 5 years, 6 months, 40 years, 80 years, whatever the case may be, and remember somebody picked me up on a bus. Somebody came by and knocked on my door. Somebody prayed for me and lifted me up. And I would never, never let go of what has healed me. I would never let go of what has delivered me. I would hold on to that memory. I would hold on to that word from God and never let go of it. Let's pray all across the building. I'm done preaching. I want to invite us to this altar. This is an opportunity to go back in memory lane. Maybe you're in church now and you're strengthened, you're stabilized. But maybe go down memory lane and say, you know, there was a Peter and John in my life. There was a good word that came by when I was about to quit. There was, there was a good word that came by when I was about to backslide or when I prayed back through. There, there was somebody knocked on my door when I was lost in sin. And, and I want to remember to hold on to that memory of Peter and John. I want to hold on to the church because the church healed me when no one else could. I, I want to hold on to everything in the Word of God. Don't stop reading your Bible now that you're strong. Grab that Bible and say it was the Word of God. It was the Word of God. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Hold on to your healers. Hold on to your healers. Don't let go. If it heals you, it'll keep you. If it'll heal you, it'll save you. If it heals you, it'll take you all the way. Somebody worship God. Thank you for the church. Thank God for the church. Thank God for every word you've ever received. Thank God for every worship service. Thank God for every prayer meeting. Thank God for every offering. Thank God for everything. If it wasn't for that, I'd still be broken.
Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. church you need the body of Christ you need a preacher you need worship you need giving it's all important it's all part of the temple it's all part of the church don't let go of it now praying I want you to keep praying feel the Holy Ghost in this house I don't know about you but I still need God and I still need the people of God and I still need the church of God and I still need a preacher and I still need worship and I still need every part of the temple and I ain't letting go of any of it. I feel him. Somebody pray right now. Somebody pray right now. Maybe you let go of what's healed you, but reach up and grab a hold of it. Reach up and grab a hold of it. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, John. Thank you, brother so-and-so. Thank you, sister so-and-so. Thank you, preacher. Thank you, worship leader. Thank you, singer. Thank you, musician. Thank you, drummer. Thank you, whatever you got to do. Hold on. Thank you, Sunday school teacher. Thank you, bus driver. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, greeter. Thank you, usher. Everybody. I don't care. Thank you. I'm healed. 